River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan, along with James, and we're best buddies who love talking about the 49ers. Uh, our intro music was River Road by Justin Muth. And a huge shout out to Daniel Mayer of Mayer Creative for our show logo, as always. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you might notice that it is just us. <laughs> <laughs> After what we discussed last week, uh, those things kind of fell. Life happens. Things happen. They kind of had to fall through just from scheduling issues. But um, we are planning on having our guests that we uh, planned on having on in the future. So, uh, in lieu of that, uh, James, uh, do you want to, uh, tell the listeners what we're going to be doing instead? So today guys, uh, instead of going over the roster, um, and getting excited over the rookie roster with college football gurus, uh, Omar and Jackson, uh, today we decided to, you know, take, and bite off of some some of the other podcast playbooks and rank the 49ers uh, top 10 49ers on the roster currently. I will admit I wasn't very good at this. Um, <laughs> you didn't know, tell me what the list was, though. So, listeners, I'm going to be finding this out at the same time. Yes, I don't know Dan's list. Dan doesn't know my list, except I think we know each other's number one because, you know, like we discussed, like, you know, that and so we both know each other's number one but two through ten um and honestly like for me like i would say six through ten i i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like i just sort of looked at the roster and just went with like stats and who i know and you know so 49ers fans, please don't get mad at me. I haven't watched the team all that much. I will be this season. I will watch every game in its entirety and be observing players and getting to know the team a lot more uh, over the course of the season. So I promise um, hopefully next year if we do this that, you know, my list will definitely uh, be better. So I apologize (laughs) in advance. Please don't kill me for, um, you know, who I have on my list. But yeah. Well, it's going to people aren't going to be happy with my list either probably. Like, I mean, uh I don't know. Everyone's order is going to be a little different. I tried my best to dictate how um I don't know. You you just kind of pick the player for me based on like how good they are in their position and also weigh in how impactful What's it, what is it like when they're missing? That's what I'm trying to say. What is it like when they're missing from the field? Like, how worried are you when you don't see this player's number come out on the field for an injury or whatever? Like, um, so that was a, definitely a big factor. Um, and we we really had such a well-rounded team. Um, yes, we had some superstars, but like we had such a well-rounded team. Like, I had to keep reminding myself, like, it's not so much potential or impact in that sense, but, like, who, like, had the most raw, like, they hit the, they just, all season, like, the second they were on the field, like, they made a difference, so, um, my list, I mean, just 
have 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 at it if you hate both our lists which surely some of you will but um. yeah <laughs> just just so everybody knows dan's list will be the official stance on niner nuts like <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put mine out there as the official niner nuts stance like dan's list is gonna be the niner nuts stance like we're gonna like he'll be his list will be the official list of niner nuts for sure oh and uh, trust me in if, free agency i had to remember a couple players left in free agency because i uh jones would have definitely been on this list um oh my gosh uh well not not ford i i just uh kyle williams that's what i was trying to say kyle would have definitely made my list because i i i love him i i every time especially when we saw him out in the field like when we were in green bay i i know he's kind of older i know he's not perfect like i i don't know there there was very few players that played the the slot corner as good as he did in my opinion but He's with Denver now, and I wish him the best. Same with Jones, ironically. But um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I guess I I will kick off this list then. Uh, my number ten is safety Jimmy Ward. He is one of those guys that I feel like, um, kind of like Tart, should have been looked at a little more closely for the Pro Bowl. But um, does he have a tendency to sometimes get burnt in the passing game? Every now and then, sure. But I think overall, when it's not deep, 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 or against, like, say, a top five receiver, he does a very good job covering the middle, running to the sides. Uh, He's never – he's got a very good sense of where the ball is. But really his strength is that run stop. Like, if somehow they get past the linebackers, within a second, Ward is going to be right there. And that kind of skill set, he's he's only just recently blossomed into this really efficient playmaker. And it's going to be interesting to see without Tart because of the tandem they had. It didn't happen that often because somehow always one of them would be hurt more times than not. But I don't know. I just I was really impressed with Ward, especially this year. Like, uh, I feel like this year, especially, he made a pretty significant impact on the team. And then in 2019, too, he also had a really good year. And I, I don't know, he feels like just one of those unsung heroes that should get a little bit more credit than he should. So that's why I'm kicking off the list with him. That's a safety Jimmy Ward. Well, I have a Jimmy at number 10, but it's not Jimmy Ward. It's Jimmy G. Um, oh snap we don't even know if he'll be on the roster by the end of the but month. he still is he still is so therefore that's why i'm including him on this list um you know and you know i looked at jimmy's stats from last year he was 190 yards short of 4,000 yards passing had a 68.2 completion percentage which is nearly 70 percent um yeah, his touchdowns and interceptions aren't so great, but then he also had, I believe, let me pull this up here so I get it accurately, uh, 49er stats, because I stayed on this page, uh, a 98.7 QB rating. You know, so uh, that's pretty decent over a year. It's not definitely the best in the league or anything like that, but definitely a very serviceable quarterback um and just for me from what i know of the 49ers um and what i know i think you know jimmy um you know should be in the top 10 even though he's not going to be on the team this year but um still i think um 
I think, you know, he's still a valuable player and, you know, will get them some value in the uh, in the trade market. So hope you don't kill me for that. I will. I'll just go ahead and spoil. He's not on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Part of it is because I don't know if I'm convinced he's not going to be on the roster. But another part of me, when I'm looking at the 10 players that I see on here, it's no shade at all. I do think when healthy, because that's a factor too. I mean, you just, you kind of can't ignore that his ankles made a glass. And as admirably as he did play with a borderline severed thumb, which, good God, people need to give him a little bit more credit for, especially the way he played against Dallas. Like, um, it's not it's not nothing against him. I I was very thankful that we had Jimmy, despite some ups and downs. Uh, but no, he's not on my list. <laughs> uh, so I guess with that, I mean, that's that's not a bad way to start, though. Like, really, like, honestly, he if this was his assuming this is was his last year, I I cannot give him any 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 shade for this past season. Like it was I think it was a high note to go on. I think it's been worth holding out for this first round pick. I mean, at this rate, it, I, I don't know. It might be a second if we get a first sweep. Well, you know, the, th- worth it, but. the thing about it is profootballtalk.com listed uh, top the top 11 places for Jimmy to land, and Cleveland was at the top of the list dependent upon the Watson suspension. Now, there's a lot of things going out there. We probably, who knows when we're going to get the Watson suspension, but all documents needed to be in uh, by today. So uh, I think 49ers should pay attention and pay attention as closely because I would say if we're looking at, you know, maybe an eight-game suspension or more of Watson, Cleveland's going to be a serious buyer in the Jimmy G market. And I looked at picks that they have in the next coming up year. Yeah, they don't have their number ones. Uh, but, you know, they got, you know, some number twos, some number threes. You could go to a second round pick with a conditional third or fourth to that, you know, depending upon, you know, wins or snaps or whatever could become a third or fourth or third or second. So that's probably something for us to look at, you know, and keep monitor of, you know, the Watson suspension, um, you know, reading from what I'm reading. It could be anything, really. It really could be anything. It could be, it could be a two or four game suspension, or it could be a whole season suspension. Um, you don't know. I talked to Dan about this earlier too, about you know the the situation the commissioner is in, because if we're just in a pure vacuum and the commissioner is making this decision, looking at the past, he may go. He would go a whole year. But you got to remember, you know, he represents the owners and Cleveland may not want you know, may be talking in his ear saying, you know, we gave up all this collateral. The cases that you're looking at, you know, aren't don't show any evidence of assault, force or coercion, you know, and the players union on the other side is going, well, you didn't suspend Kraft or do anything with Kraft when he got in trouble with him. You know, so there's a lot of players involved. So my, as to what Watson's going to get suspended, 
your guess is as good as mine because it could be small or it could be big or you know somewhere in the middle. We just I've been following it and honestly reading from what I read, we just don't know. Right. And I mean at this rate, like <laughs> like I texted you, like at this rate, they've already spent so much. They might as well like it wouldn't surprise me if they were just like, let's throw seven more picks away and have to commit to um at least half of, if not like two thirds of Jimmy's salary, like if not all of it, like I I don't know why they it's uh Cleveland. I <laughs> I want to move on though. Like well, yeah, that's it's not... obviously we are obviously going to dedicate a big chunk of whatever whatever episode the suspension comes out in when that happens because I mean there's just some late news we can't ignore. Um, yeah. anyway, my number nine. Uh, I don't really feel like I need to say much about this guy, Robbie Gould. He is so clutch, and to have a kicker, I I don't care that he's older. Like he's <clears throat> he's he's an older kicker. He spent like uh, at least a decade. I can't remember how long offhand, but he spent so much time in Chicago. He was so clutch there. He hasn't skipped a beat with us, and we James we went through a plethora. Like we went through many kickers. And now Robbie's been with us um, the longest we've had a kicker in a while, um, and I know we had we had to we had to deal with a groin injury with him last year for a little bit. But I, when fully healthy, assuming that was just a one-off groin pull, I I I I, do, I feel like it's it's not an understatement to 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 say how valuable having a kicker is that as just as clutch as him he's got ice in his veins from chicago and it's he's never skipped a beat and he doesn't show any signs of aging and i i I love it i love that we have somebody reliable in the special teams like that so he's my number nine robbie gould well i i like that you put him on the list because i put him on my list as well uh i have him a little bit higher but i'll tell you that i think what do i have him at i have him at i have him at seven uh, I have him at seven. Simply not much higher than me. Not much higher than you. But I do agree with you. I mean, we're looking at somebody, if you look across the league, you know, and see who is, you know, one of the best at their position, you know, in the league. Well, Robbie Gold is one of the best still in the league at his position. Uh, you know, since 2015, I think he has one of the highest uh, percentage rates, um, you know, accuracy rates for a kicker. Um, and you know what? Kickers are football players, too. I don't care what anybody says. They're, they're football players. For the brand. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're football players, too. And a lot of people, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of bias in the league against kickers and putting them on lists like these. But, I mean, you can't undervalue a kicker, especially because you know that at times kickers are very important, you know, and you need a good kicker at times. And especially if you're going to be in toes, close, tight games uh, with an offense that doesn't always move with defenses, you know, uh, you know, forcing Jimmy to throw all the time and, you know, and stopping the run, you know, it's just you need a good kicker. And we saw that play out in green Bay, like divisional round game, three seconds left. 
you know, gotta gotta kick this. You go kick this. You go to the NFC Championship game in you know against Green Bay on the road, snow, like I mean, wind. I mean, it was just you know, it's such a clutch moment. You know that not only do the stats support it, but just seeing how he plays and just like you said, Dan, ice in his veins deserves to be on the top ten list. Oh, he's. I was, oh my gosh, like, no no shade to, like, when we had Phil Dawson for a little bit and um, some of the other kickers that we had, um, but, no, I just, I was so happy. My dad's a Bears fan, and I was, and I thanked him. I was just like, thank you for thinking Robbie Gould was not worth his paycheck, because when we signed him, we were handing out money like crazy, and we still do to an extent. Uh, it's kind of biting us now, but he's been worth every single penny, I think, the four to five million. He is getting paid like top tier money and he deserves it. He's amazing. And, uh, but yeah, that's why I put him in number nine. Um, did you want to say your number nine now? Well, my number nine is Elijah Mitchell. Um, Ooh, we might as well segue. We might as well double down on him. Cause he's my number eight. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Elijah Mitchell. You, you explain why he's your number nine. Well, my the reason why Elijah Mitchell is number one on my list is because he, you know, I believe he had the most rushing yards on the team last year, nearly a thousand. Yeah, uh, he was just he was just shy. If he didn't if he didn't miss one of the like I think two maybe three games he missed last year, he he uh, he had a thousand purpose yards though. Yeah, yeah. So I think just looking at stats alone and the fact that the Forty ers you know, run game and what they do. With the wrong game, Elijah Mitchell is a very important player in uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense, and you know his, you know his stats and all that shouldn't be overlooked. So I'm glad that you have him on the list at number eight, and I have him at number nine, which you know sort of, you know, makes me feel better, you know, because I'm <laughs> sure how this list was going to go. Um, I mean, best player on the team, no. Like, I have him in the bottom half because of all these other guys, like, I mean, given they're all veterans. But, you know, like, what I saw out of him last year, I get why Kyle likes to rotate, keep the legs fresh, just from a schematic standpoint. Like, I know he wants to get Trey Sermon out there. Uh, I know he wants to get our LSU guy that we just drafted out there. And he obviously wants to get Debo back out there. He took a lot of the load off Elijah for Debo, and that's part of why Debo's pissed at us. <laughs> but um, I, I I don't see why Elijah shouldn't come into this season considered a workhorse. Like, I saw signs that he could handle being the number one guy. Like, I know typically you have, like, your third down back guy and, like, special, like, I don't know. If Kyle wanted to, I, I from what I could see, Elijah could do it. But... I know it's against Kyle's uh, philosophy and all that. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. He's he's probably going to end up sharing the load and only getting like 15 touches, which will be good for his health in the long run because we don't want him to be as injured as he was last year. But even still missing time, I mean, he he just he blew blew away any ex- all the expectations. He played so, so good. Um, so I guess then I should ask since he was my number eight. Uh, who is your number eight? Well, you know, I hope this guy is still on the team because, like, I, I'm I'm not too sure now that I'm looking at the what I 
looked at because I see that on this webpage that Jaquiski Tart is still on the team. He's not on the team anymore, right? Uh, you got, you signed Jaworski Tart to the Eagles. <laughs> right. So I know he's not on the team for sure, but he's still on this list that I have. So I guess this isn't like official roster of this year. So I hope uh, Aziz well, well, Al is still on the roster because I have him at uh, number seven. I love Al I love Al Shazier. I mean, number eight, I have him. So. I, I love him. I see so much potential from that guy. He's not on my list, but I he's he's got so much potential. He did sign. Uh, I don't remember what round it was, but he did sign second or third round tender. He's going to be with the team next year, and I'm so I'm so grateful he's going to be out there with Greenlaw and Warner watching watching the middle of the field. Well, I mean, just looking at his stats, I mean, you know, as far as tackles, he was second on the team in tackles. You know, behind Warner. Um, you oh, know, Greenlaw wasn't second? No. According to this, uh, Greenlaw? Yeah, Dre Greenlaw. I don't, They don't have him. Dre Greenlaw. Nope. Let me oh. load more. Let me load. Let's see. Load more. Say, that's a weird list because he was usually listed second linebacker behind, uh, <laughs> behind Fred. No. Not that... acor- according to the 49ers webpage... Dre Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw, right? That's who we're talking about here? Yeah. 2021 only had 21 tackles. Oh, wow. I, I'm i surprised at that. I didn't think, I I thought he had more action than that. He, I mean, I remember him always on the field. I guess they just kind of didn't, I, maybe Fred always just jumped ahead of him and made the tackle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so Dre Greenlaw was, um, Definitely 21 in tackles, where Al Shair um, was had 102 and second only to Fred Warner. Oh, well, there, I mean, well, there, there you go. Then I, <laughs> I guess I had my statistics mixed up. Um, yeah, and 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 also Al Shair's over half of his tackles were solo as well. So um, he's he's a beast. We saw we saw him make some good tackles, uh, well live, and I. I remember a lot of last year seeing his name pop up. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, he's got the potential to, like, be a dominant force. Like, we don't, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to be so boisterous and say uh, Bowman and Willis, because, I mean, that was, like, once in a generation lucky that we had those two on the same roster at the same time. <laughs> right. But, um, but no, I, I love Al Shazair. I'm glad you put him on the list. Yeah, so that's my. Oh, I'm sorry. He wasn't num. He was number eight. That's who I had at number eight. So, right, because I had Mitchell at eight. You had Mitchell at eight, and then I had Gould at seven. So, who's your seven? Okay, uh, my number seven is, uh, I believe, three years in a row, our reigning Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Uh, I believe he did win it once. Uh, please uh, forgive me if I'm mistaken on that, but. Uh, Arik Armstead, defensive lineman. He, if this was 2020, uh, if this was 2020, I would have him probably at 10th. But in 2019, we saw him like at his best. But and really, a part of it was because of uh, having, uh, oh my God, uh, Buckner next to him. 
because Buckner got all this attention to him or got this attention drawn to him. So Armstead, another six, seven monstrously sized lineman could swoop in. And they both ended up with like 12 and 10 sacks on the season. Like that defensive line tandem in 2019 was a massive part of why we got to the Super Bowl. So then when he took a step back uh, in 2020, that was kind of alarming to me, like how much Buckner affected his play, really. But coming into this year, being lined up with Jones and uh, changing his technique up a little bit, um, I don't I, I can't recite the whole specifics about like what they changed to adapt his game. But oh, my God, this this year was like night and day. He looked like he was back in 2019 for him. He was a force. He was just it was it was not as good as the Buckner combo, but like. If he didn't get all the attention drawn to him so Jones could get the pressure, Jones got it, and Armstead just, I mean, even if Jones got, or even if they, it was all spread out evenly, Armstead looked like he was so rejuvenated this year, and he looked like the monster a guy that frame should be. <laughs> That's why I was so disappointed two years ago, but last year, I was I was so happy he was playing back up to that first round status that we drafted him in, like in 2016, I think we drafted him, but... Um, it was just, I don't know. It was so nice to, to see that after the year, after the down year. And he's a proven leader. I love that about him too. The team gravitates around him and Fred, uh, just, I, all around good guy points added to it also, but it's just amplified by the fact that like he, he's just that good at defensive lineman. He's another guy that I think doesn't get enough credit around the league is just one of the. I mean, most I, I don't know, top 15, maybe, maybe top 10. I would argue he's top 10 personally, but no, Ark Armstead, I'm so thrilled that, because I was worried that he was starting to slip a little bit, but no, he proved me wrong. He had a great 2021. I'm super excited for him next year. Okay, so that's your number seven, and my number seven was Robbie Gold. So, um, so, so now, yeah. So number yeah. six, right? We're at number six, yeah. So two, three, four, five, six. Okay, perfect. I ooh, this is this is another player I was super excited about uh, to talk about. Um, at number six, I have the name. I have the man whose last name I cannot spell. The Harvard graduate, only Harvard graduate to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's our fullback Kyle Uzcheck, and a big reason why uh, I have him right there in the middle is because offensively we are very out of rhythm without him. He is so important to the team, not statistically, like statistically you look and he's just a fullback. Like he doesn't have that many stats, but he does so much of the dirty work, as much of the dirty work as a lineman. He picks up blitzes. He adds that extra push to open up a line. He will fly out and be a safety net. And he's really good at catching when he's ever asked to. And he'd, he'll get the one yard you need if we decide to go for it on fourth down or third and inches. Like he, and he's just, he's got such an energetic spirit to him and he owns his position like, like it's back in the, the 70s or the 80s. Like there's no other fullback that plays the game of football in his position like he does. And it really makes a difference when he's not out there. You can tell the offense is a little more sluggish and a little more skittish when he's not out there. He He's proven his paycheck, his position worth, and I, it really is a, it really he really is a difference maker in every sense of the phrase difference maker. So 
he is my number six right at the right at the break before the top five, the pinnacle of our list. Uh, who is your number six? Well, I have Brandon Ayuk as my number six guy. Um, you know, the third leading receiver on the team um, behind Debo Samuel and George Kittle. So uh, if I made an important players list, he would definitely be top three because we need him so much next year to step up and prove that he's and just prove it. And he's showing signs of it, I think. But uh, I, I interrupted you. Finish what you were going to say about Brandon. So the reason why I chose him, just looking at the stats from last year, I mean, he had, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, as far as the receiver position, he's the number two receiver. Um, you know, Shanahan, you know, um, you know, used him you know, for a tune of 56 receptions for 826 yards, uh, 14.8 yards per, per reception. So, I mean... And this is after he spent a month in the doghouse. Yeah, exactly. So, I think, you know, I think you're right. He's an important player to the offense. I think if we just look at last year um, and how important he is to the team, to the offense, and how we're going to be, you know, shifting from Jimmy G to Trey Lance. Um, you know, if, you know, we're, you know, I mean, obviously, I know we all know Shanahan wants to pass, um, and he's going to probably pass a lot with Trey and just at least see what he's going to do. And, you know, uh, for me, Brandon Aguk is definitely an important person. Um and for me, was the number six, you know, uh, person on the, you know, most talented person on the roster. Um, you know, the way the way I see it, if we just look at what he did last year and um, how important he's going to be this year. So he is definitely going to be important. He I don't want to make it sound as dire as make or break, but he this is this is the year now where. He got it. He got it together at the end of last year, and he showed phenomenal promise. He showed that he can run the routes, he can do the run after the catch. He he can be as fierce as Debo in the, as the number two. He can. He really can. We he's he's just got to take that next step. This year, we really, really need him, especially like. I mean, at this rate, we're probably going to get it figured out with Debo, but it's it's time, man. It is time for that one-two punch and then distract everybody on the outside. So then if it's so much on the sidelines, we can kill it with Kittle. Like, uh, just he's he's so fast. He's so talented. I I cannot wait for... I can't wait for him to prove to Kyle that he's worth... that he that he can do more. Because he did at the end of the year. It just took a long time to get there. So I hope he can just start the season right out of the gate and just prove that we have one of the best one-two punches in the league up there with Evans and Godwin and uh, Judy and Sutton and uh, all the all the rest. Metcalf and uh, Lockett. Lockett I, and Brown and Smith. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put my can. Eagles out I, there. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we can. I really think we can. I saw so much, especially at the end of the year, evidence that that – 
that Brandon was maturing and really starting to blossom as a receiver. I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. He's going to be in a contract year two. So he's going to be chomping at the bit to, to, to earn that contract next year, which uh, I don't want to think about that. Cause we might have to let him go, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I, no, that is a good pick. I, I, I do like Brandon. He's on my list, but as a player, yes, I'm so, I, he's a perfect number two receiver for us. So uh, before we get into the top five, uh, James, how about you remind everybody who uh, our sponsor is? Well, everybody, if you're in the uh, Melbourne, Florida area, reach out to Ali Casino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. When I was shopping for a home in the Rockledge, Florida area, I told Ali how much I wanted to pay for a house, and she respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget. She's a great realtor that will get you into a house you love at a price you can afford. That's Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. 321-698-4692. Okay, top five. Yes, let's, drum let's roll. <laughs> I think, see, before we do this, I think we're going to have the same top five. I, this is my prediction. We're going to have the same top five. Just the order may be a little different, but I think we're going to have the same top five. If I'm thinking oh, this I, mm, this is this is going to be interesting. I I want to know who's going to get more crap for their top five. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really do think we have the same top five. I know our number ones are the same, but um, or they're likely the same, probably. They're, they're um, likely they probably have the same players. Number one, we both know is the same, and I think everybody will probably be able to figure out number one once we get through, you know, five through two. Um, it should be it, it honestly like this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I I don't have a surprise on here or anyone I feel like is a surprise, but where I prioritize, gun to my head, like who's the best? Uh, we'll see, but I will. Go ahead and kick this controversy off with uh, George Kittle. He is my number five. I have him Ooh. smack dab in the middle. <laughs> wow, you have him at five. Ooh, okay. He is I, so. He I is, have. Him, so, or, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I have him on the list, but I have him higher. So. <laughs> I, I I I'm sure people are gonna say, why is he not in your top three? It's because these other guys on here, they're they're all difference makers. They are all players that you have to account for and worry about on their respective sides of the field if you're the opponent. Um, Kittle, uh, I have it number five, though, um, just because he, I, I I mean, I don't really have, like, the best. It, it'd be defending the other guys more than Kittle because I feel bad, like, trying to say anything bad about, about Kittle at all. He's so... He is so such a force when he has the ball in his hand. It reminds me of Gronk literally just stiff arming the crap out of people or even just like in the open field. If he has to make a tackle or make a block, he'll pancake the crap out of anybody just like a, a lineman will. He's and he's got so much energy. He's the guy that's the synergy of the offense. He means so much to the team as much as his play, his play and his actions match. And he's a face of our franchise for a reason. But um so yes top top two tight end in the league for sure i i uh i know it's uh him and kelsey or him and mark and i he's still one of the best i mean in my heart i still think he's 
the best, but um, even though Kelsey gets way more passing yards than him. But again, it's not any shade against him at all. These other guys, hopefully it makes sense why I put him down there. But in terms of like impact and other kind of intangible sort of things, I he's number five. He's still an all pro. He's still one of the, the one of the faces of the franchise and deserves to be. So see, see, and I, you know, I mean, for me, he's number two on my list. Like I can't, I can't argue that anybody I know. That, that high, I can't. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about easily, you know, the number two tight end in the league, only behind Travis Kelsey, um, you know, and. You know, he just he's just the beast. He's just the monster, um, you know, one of the key components in the Shanahan offense. And, you know, the second best at his position in the league, you know. And for me, looking at everybody else on the list that we have left and thinking, OK, where do those guys rank in the league as compared to George Kittle? Um, well, if George Kittle is the number two in the whole entire league, um, it's tough for me to drop him all the way down to five like you did. Um, I, I will try to defend myself through my other through my other players. Like it's it's all it's all personal. It's all subjective. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I but yeah. Yeah, no, you said you had him at two. I have Kittle at two. Yes. Oh, oh, this is this is going to be really interesting. So, I uh, so now you gave you gave your number five was Kittle. Kittle's yes. number two on my list, so I need my five. My number five is Fred Warner. Um, oh, <laughs> another <laughs> just like Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Fred's my number four. Yeah, see, yeah, Warner's my number five. Um, definitely, you know, led the team in tackles by a lot. Um, you know, and in the me... in the league, I think he was. Oh my gosh, not number not number one, but he was definitely top five in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's he's easily one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, you know, 137 total tackles. You know, 79 solo. Um, you know, he's a very important cog in this defense, and this defense is one of the best defenses in the league. And he's one of the reasons why. So, you know, um, so as primarily one of the leaders of the defense um, and the fact that he is so important to the defense, uh, you know, I have him I have him at number five for sure, um, you know, and uh, and, you know, you know, there, and I think we both know there's only one defensive player on the team that's better than him, you know, and um, I'm sure that person, you know, is, you know, you know, we know we know who that is. You know, he's going to he'll come up soon. <laughs> yeah. He'll, so Warner was your four. And Warner yeah. was my five. OK, my my two cents on him is just I'm just so I'm so proud of of uh, of how he has embraced becoming a leader and really taken to developing his craft he's clearly been inspired by the linebackers we had before him especially very recently Bellis and Bowman they 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 were the standard keeper for for 
being a linebacker in the the late 2000s, early 2010s, like they or the 2000s and the early 2010s, they they were they were just monsters. And Warner did not want us to 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 skip a beat in that regard, covering the middle of the field on defense. And my God, he hunts who wherever the ball is. He is so fast. And he will meet you there as close to the line as humanly possible. He's one of the best run stop stuffers. But another trait that that kind of made me want to put him a little higher, being a not a, not jack of all trades, but like the fact that he is so good in pass coverage. He can cover a tight end like a corner. He can. He was the number one ranked. Um, I don't think last year, but the year before in 2020, he was the number one pass defending linebacker. And I think he was still top five in 2021. I know he had a little bit of a skid to start the season, but to be that athletic that you are a top five pass defending linebacker and you get 130 total tackles still, you're that good at chasing down the ball in all regards in the air or on the ground. It, it makes sense why the defense energy comes from him and he's like I said he's embraced being the leader and his game he he plays just as good as advertised and I'm just I don't know I'm just so proud of him um which says a lot about these next three guys I have ahead of him (laughs) yeah and you know like we said like I think you know we have the same top five it's just a matter of order you had Kittle at five I had Warner at five uh you have Warner at four which brings me to my four, which is Debo Samuel. Um, he's Debo's my number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, we're only yeah. so we're only slightly out of order. Slightly out of order, uh, but I mean, you know, it's obvious that we have the same top five. I mean, in it's hard to argue that anybody from you know six through ten should be in the to be in this top five, you know, I think, you know, I think when you look at, you know, who we ranked and who you ranked and, you know, it was a definite, those guys are definitely not going in the top five. And these guys are definitely the top five players on the team. Yeah. You know, however that's you why rank- I wanted to give, that's why I wanted to give use check right there at six, right behind, right behind Kittle. Like you were not best of the JV. That's a really mean way to put it, but like, if we didn't have these five superstars, you would be in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, you know, I got Debo at four, um, you know, simply because he's the most important cog in the offense um, when we're talking about, you know, uh, rushing game, passing game, most um, yards from scrimmage of any player on the team, uh, you know, He's definitely um, one of the most talented receivers in the league, um, for sure. So he's got to go, for me, number four, um, you know, simply because, you know, he's just one of the best in the league, definitely the best receiver on the roster, um, and one of the most important people uh, in the 49ers offense. Um next to Kittle and our number one, right? So, um, so yeah, I think Debo at number four for me, um, you know, uh, where did you had him where again? I have him uh, at number three on my list. And 
my my god, dude. I, I, I can't get past an intangible of you see him wear his heart on the sleeve on his sleeve when he plays. He more vocally through his physicality just throws it all out there as hard as he can. He he will make you tackle him. He will go for the tackle, call you out on it. He will go at you like, yeah, cover me. I'm going to run right at you. He will, he throws his body into every catch. He threw his body into every tackle. He made you have to beat him if you were going to beat him. And yeah, no, no kidding. He was exhausted every now and then and had to like take a couple plays off for oxygen. Like it, he was, he's just one of the most physical players out there. And I get why he doesn't want the wear and tear of the running game and wants to go prove that he's the fastest guy out there because he's just as good at receiving as he is rushing. Yeah. And 1,400 receiving yards where he had a month's worth of games where he didn't even crack third or 50 yards. Like, dude, throw him the ball. Get your stable of four running backs to take the pressure off of him and let him be the dominant receiver that he clearly is. Because we, like, I, I saw a highlight reel not that long ago of him just in passing, and his catch against the Lions in week one, my God, like, his ability to make people miss him in open field, make them look pathetic, his route running to sneak through people like a snake and just Jimmy's accuracy with him, or, well, some of them weren't accurate. Like, you saw him have to leap for a couple, but once he had the ball... Like, good luck. He was a freight train to stop. <laughs> he was so... He's He very much is one of the most dominant receivers in the league, and he deserves to get paid whatever he wants. And hopefully, hopefully not too far from now, by training camp in August, in three or four weeks, we'll get it done. Because we, we really, really do need him. And it just... I don't know, it'd be heartbreaking. It'd be, uh, it'd be heartbreaking to... Because he loves his team. You don't react to the NFC Championship game the way that he did if he didn't love this team and want it to get worked out. But he's he knows his self-worth, and we have to we have to match that or at least extend an olive branch and say, hey, no, you are important. I, we want to keep talking, which I think is what's been happening because, I mean, the rule, I mean, the CBA aside with, like, how much you get fined for missing training camp. But I feel like... I feel like we've made the steps to keep him on the roster. And again, I hope he does. We will. We're going to get it worked out. I'm sure we will. So. I'm sure John will get it worked out. He's he seems determined to get it worked out. Um, yes, we need I, we need him. <laughs> I mean, unless unless somebody comes by and offers Tyreek Hill draft pick compensation for Debo Samuel, I don't see John Lynch trading him away. It's got uh, it's got to be like two firsts minimum. It's got to be like a king's ransom the size of like Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, it's got to be. I mean, you look at you know who got traded in the offseason as far as the wide receiver position, and we're looking at Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. You know, uh, you know, and they both got a one and multiple other picks. You know, the Chiefs and the Packers got four uh, those receivers, so and the team's got to and the team's got to be able to pay him upwards of like thirty, thirty-two, maybe even thirty-five or no, yeah, probably thirty-five million, not forty, but yeah. And at this point in the season, 
nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that unless, you know, you know, somebody who is established on a roster, you know, has some, you know, bad injury and a team is like, well, we're in win now. We need a receiver because our other receivers won't be able to step it up. That's the only other way he's anybody's going to pay that much for Debo, which I don't see happening and won't. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened where, you know, a high profile receiver went down, you know, and the team just didn't look to their other wide receivers uh, to pick up the slack. So um, Debo's going to be on the roster this year. He's going to play and they're going to get a deal worked out to make him a 49er at least for another four or five years, I think. Dude, like I was saying the two punch with Brandon and him when really I should have been saying the two punch with Kittle and him. But imagine if Brandon reaches his potential and we have a three-headed monster of Kittle, Debo, and and Brandon. That's so much that's so much weaponry for Trey. That I, I it's hard for me to not imagine it's hard for me to imagine him not succeeding with that guy. Well the thing <laughs> the thing about it is Shanahan can is a great offensive mind. And he can design an offense whether he has to rely on the run or rely on the pass. But everybody knows in this league, uh, you rely on the pass. Like, you need a quarterback who can pass if you're going to have a chance at getting anywhere. The team, you know, building a team through the running game, you know, whether you're the Eagles last year, the 49ers last year, or, you know, the, the Titans, you know, it can only take you so far. The only way you're really getting farther you know, with a team like that is if your defense is one of the greatest of all time, you know, that's where your defense needs to be. You know, if you're going to make it with an average quarterback and a good running game, then you need an all time defense, you know, and to win, to win the Super Bowl, because it's otherwise you have to go, you need a great quarterback and you need a quarterback who can pass. Right. It's a passing league. And, you know, and so, you know, I get why, you know, John gave up all those picks to draft Trey Lance because, you know, you're you're, you're hoping that you, you can get a guy that's, you know, a generational talent at quarterback. And because, you know, that's sort of what you need to, to win in the NFL. And, you know... Um, and we have the weaponry. That's the thing. We have the weaponry. So I... Assuming that this is make or break for Trey, like proving John that he was worth all those picks, like there's we here you go. Here's all your toys. Like hopefully you turn into Josh Allen. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. hope, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's what you're hoping with Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance is, you know, and you know, if you look at Ayuk, you know, was a little over 100 yards short of a 1,000-yard season. Debo had a 1,000-yard season. Kittle had 910 yards receiving. You get a passing and Kittle, offense. And Kittle missed himself, like, three or four games. Like, if he didn't, if he played one of those games, he'd have had another 1,000-yard season. So here's the thing. Like, you have three guys on your roster, you know, when they're playing at their best and at their full potential and play a whole season – you know, if you got a guy that can deliver them the ball, you got three 1,000-yard receivers potentially on your team, you know? And 
And that's what Shanahan wants to do. I mean, you know, you look at that, you know, Atlanta offense that, you know, uh, scored 28, you know, was up 28 to three. I mean, granted, one of those was a pick six, but, you know, went up 21 to three against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. There's a lot of passing. Matt, Matt Ryan won an MVP because well, they, had, they steamrolled during the season. It was it was more shocking if they didn't score 30 points. That's how dominant that passing game was. Exactly. So Shanahan has proven that he likes to pass. If he can get a passer, you know, that's what he that's what he really wants to do. That's what the whole league wants to do. And the only reason we've got this dominant run game, um, you know, is because, you know, Jimmy G is more or less, you know, an above average quarterback, um, you know, but still like, you know, Trey Lance, you know, with this, if he can pass, if he's the guy, you're easily looking at, you know, if they play a full season, you're talking about 17 games, Ayuk, Debo and Kittle could all have a thousand yard season easily. Potentially. And my God, I, that's funny you say that. I saw a graphic from CBS sports. We haven't had one of those since, uh, Arizona, I want to say 2004. It wasn't their Super Bowl season. I think it was Arizona in 2004 when Anquan Bolden was uh, either a rookie or his second season, I believe. And that team, their number one receiver was like 1,200 yards, and then Bolden was just over 1,000, and then the number three receiver was like 1,005, like just barely over 1,002. But like, just imagining like, what it takes to get one player to a thousand yards. You've got three players to a thousand yards. Like that's, that's a pick your poison. And clearly that's what we're trying to do. So yeah. Tying it back to Debo. Debo is the linchpin to make that happen. So we need to get him back. (laughs) Yeah. And he's going to be back and, you know, and he'll be back. He'll sign it. He'll sign this contract. It'll be another four or five years with Debo. And you guys are going to have him around as your offense. You know, and, you know, if Trey Lance is the guy, he's going to be throwing the Debo Samuels for the next four or five years. So, Oh, my God, I can't wait. We need, to, <laughs> we need to wrap up this list here real quick, which only we only have two players left. I mean, you already talked about your number two. Your number two was Kittle, right? Yeah, yeah, and your number three your number was Debo. Was Debo, and I had him at four. So my number three, which is probably your number two, is Bosa, right? That's what we're looking at? Yep, Bosa. I say your two cents on Bosa since it's your since it's your pick right now, but I yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, my two cents on Bosa is again you have one of the best pass rushers in the league, you know, at right over there at defensive end, putting pressure, you know, on quarterbacks, you know, getting you know double digit sacks every single season. Um, and just being somebody to be a force to be reckoned with at the defensive end position. I mean, you know, defensive end is one of those positions that, you know, like there's, you got at least two on every team. Some teams are rotating defensive ends and, you know, you need, you definitely need playmakers at the position. And it's definitely one of the most important defensive positions in the league, um, you know, it's it's probably arguably the most important position, defensive position in the league. You could probably argue over linebacker or middle linebacker, 
um, is maybe be one of the important ones um, too. But defensive end, and you know, Nick Bose is one of the best in the league again. You know, and he's you know, I'm trying to think, you know, you know, uh, who the top five are. And I think you could put Nick Bosa probably in the top five, um, you know, in the league. Easily, easily top five. Yeah. The, the fact that he wasn't um, defensive or comeback player of the year, like he didn't get a single vote for comeback. That just drives me insane. Like, <laughs> I want to, I just want to show you. Like, just some stats. Like, you've read stats before. He had 52 total tackles. Okay. Alignment and tackles. Yes, that is very high. He had 21 tackles for loss off the edge. And coming off a year that ended two games in on that stupid New York Jets turf, he came back and had 21 tackles for loss in 15 and a half sacks. Dude. He's, I mean, my number one, it's, it's, it's obviously where our number one guy is. Cause he's just a, a freak of nature at this, like really, but Nick Bosa really is at his own right too. He's so otherworldly. How dominant it doesn't matter who's in front of him. This is a guy you like stay up at night. If you're a defensive coordinator, trying to, 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 to game plan for, he just, it doesn't matter who's in front of him. He's going to get at it. He's going to make a, a He's going to disrupt your game flow. If you focus too much on him, Armstead's going to come up the middle. Ford, if he was ever healthy, God, we need we need that draft pick to really step up and prove that he's worth it on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, this no, I it sucked that we had to tank to 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 get him and have a really terrible year to get him. But man, my God, he's paying dividends, and it's such a with all these guys we're looking at the list too, the fact, especially in this top five, we have the second best tight end in the league. I'd argue top three middle linebacker in the league, top three wide receiver in the league, top three edge rusher. And then obviously our number one guy is the best in his position in the league too. Like the fact that we have all five of these players that are all over top five. It's, I, it's uh, it makes me so mad we didn't win in 2019. <laughs> why, <laughs> why didn't he hit Emmanuel Sanders deep? <laughs> I know, I know, and you know, and you know, the, it, it, you know, I'm sure now if it, you know 49ers fans listening, they know the obvious one, who's number one, and you, you know, he's probably, you know, you know, you're talking about the best player at his position in the entire league. No argument, nothing, you know. And you could argue, you know, in the, when we're talking about the Madden football era, you know, if we just look at the Madden football era, you're looking at the best guy ever at that position in the Madden football era, you know. And, um, you know, I mean, you're the 49ers fan, Dan, you know, you I'll let I'll allow you to say who number one on both our lists are, um, you know, because, you know, dude, it's 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 Trent Williams. Is there is there even a debate that we could have about any of these guys being more important <clears throat> or better? Because that's I n- no none of these guys are better at their position than Trent is at being left tackle and with how important left tackle is. 
I'm I'm willing to even say that it's the second most important behind quarterback personally because it is. of how critical it is to keep the quarterback upright and to do that well. He doesn't just do it well. He's setting the example for the entire league of how to do it. And just with the genetic blessing that he has and the longevity he has, last year was his age 33 season. Yeah. And this dude spent nearly his entire career in Washington. He leaves there very unceremoniously. And he's come to us, and he has not skipped a beat. He did have a really n- nasty ankle injury, and he's in the that he got in Green Bay, and he said he regretted playing in the Rams. But even still, I saw PFF graded him like in the low 80s or high 70s in that game. But even still, like that's how important he is. Is that if he felt up for it, he still plays better than half the left tackles in the league. He just he is a brick wall. Imagine what imagine if we were lucky to be on the West Coast and be able to watch Trent go against Nick Bosa every day. Like, right. oh, my God, you want a rock and an Im- you want an immovable object and uh, or whatever. This an thing unstoppable is. force versus an immovable object. Dude, that has to be that literally every practice since last year or whenever we get, when we got Trent like that. He just he's he's kind of a freak, really. It's just unbelievable that a player at his age is still as good as somebody that just got drafted at 20. It's, it's just, there's, there's no other argument that I could possibly even entertain the idea of listening to that would put Trent any lower than number one. He's just, he's the best. Like he said, he really is. He's probably, you know, I mean, he's a surefire hall of famer at this point. Like, oh, for sure. You know, you're talking about, you know, the first player ever, offensive lineman ever to get a 99 score in Madden because he's so good. Which, which that's a crime in itself that Joe Thomas never went higher than 98. Let's just throw that out there, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Joe Thomas, you know, Joe Thomas is one of the greatest of all times, but, you know, he never got the play because he never played in the playoffs. And, you know, he never really got to be seen, you know, on a national audience, you know, in the playoffs. And so same with Trent until he came to us. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, 99 all time. I mean, you know, to be the first lineman. I mean, yeah, he deserves it because he's definitely the best left tackle in the league. And you, you even look you look at, you know, my team you know, the Eagles and our offensive line, because our offensive line is one of the best graded by PFF, you know, in the league as well. Our left tackle, you know, has the potential to be Trent Williams, but it's definitely not yet. But one of the, you know, he's still highly graded. And you're right, left tackle is the second most important position on the team. It's There's a whole, re- this is the whole reason why, it's the second highest player on the team because as much as we, you know, we don't really like the movie, the blind side, it does make that excellent point that yeah. Left tackle is the second highest paid position because it's the second most important position in on, on the team because you're looking at protecting the quarterback's blind side, you know, and I'll, I'll uh, add some controversy and how much I hate that movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Yeah. 
but we need another hour to dissect that but um but no to your point yes it's it's just it's just unreal that we pulled off getting him from from that cesspool of washington and uh i mean it helped that he was as as it helped that he hated being there so much and for very very good reason that we can i'm sure we'll talk about later or, or we have talked about before but um but no he's just he's he really is he's it's he's a top 100 player every year it's a shame that he had to waste so much of his career in washington and i him as much as anybody else i really i i would love like uh like what donald did i'd love to see him point at his hand just like it's ring time give me my ring like i he deserves it as much as anybody on our roster and it makes me you just made me think how sad it is that alex mack will never get one now since he left because alex mack if he didn't retire i would have probably knocked off jimmy and put alex on on there but uh uh, that's sad stories neither here nor there Uh, (laughs) but yeah Yeah. that's uh that's our top 10 lists uh hopefully it's not too controversial hopefully we all agree that trent is the best if nothing else (laughs) (laughs) um so with that uh i guess long shots time for some long shots did you have any long shots for this week for the listeners well nothing has changed as far as odds or what you can bet on at the current moment so you know uh i'll keep watching i'll keep up to date but really you know i looked at it again and you know i mean it's all basically the same what i've done in the last episode i think doug peterson is coach of the year at plus 2000 is a great bet. I think Nakobe Dean at plus twelve hundred for defensive rookie of the year is a great bet. Um, you know, uh Nick Bosa for defensive player of the year at plus fifteen hundred, you know, is a good bet. Joe Burrow plus eleven hundred or plus twelve hundred to be MVP is a good bet. Um you know, so nothing's changed on the front. Uh, once we get closer to the season um, like I said, there's going to be, I'm going to be looking at exactas, you know, uh, and I think if we look, you know, I think the best exactas are going to come, you know, out of the NFC East. I, I know I'm sort of biased here with the NFC East, but if there's any a year where you could predict the outcome of uh, of a division, you know, preseason, uh, it's going to be the NFC East. Um, it's it's probably the easiest to predict if you know the history of the NFC East and what's been going on for the last nearly 20 years in the division. Um, the fact that you know, uh, you know, the top of the division uh, when you look at the top two teams, the Eagles in Dallas, um, and you know, with their rosters compared to the Giants and the Redskins with their roster. Um, you know, it's going to be one of the easiest to pick. You know, if my guess is going to be Eagles, Dallas, uh, Washington, and New York, that's probably what it's going to end up being. Um, however, you never know what could happen during the season. You never know what injuries are going to happen, whatever. So, but I still think, you know, even if that's the case, um, you know, if you're looking at the best built roster, you know, you're still looking at the Eagles, you know, with their backup quarterback, with some of their, you know, with some of their backup positions um, and how well they've been, you know, able to compete with, 
you know, practice squad players and dig deep with players on the rosters. And, and so, you know, the Eagles are going to be number one. Dallas is probably going to be number two. And, you know, you're looking at Giants or Commanders as being the three and four teams, which, you know, but you don't know what could happen with those three teams. You know, we saw Dak Prescott get a, you know, ending injury, you know, one year season ending injury. And, you know, they ended up, you know, finishing, you know, second, but they were really, really bad without Dak Prescott. Um, and you just, you just never know. So my hopes is, is that we get a good enough odds where we can bet six different outcomes, um, you know, and bet along the lines of six different outcomes to where one of them will hit and you'll get enough of a payoff that it pays more than what you bet. And that's sort of what I'm looking at for the season because I've gone over so many long shots and so many odds and nothing's really changed since the last week. Um, you know, and like I said, I've been following the Kobe Dean defensive rookie of the year since the draft. And that, that to me is what I think gamblers think are going to, is going to happen. Uh, whether or not it's going to happen, we don't know, you know, rumor coming out of Philadelphia is that, you know, in the seven on seven drills, he wasn't with, the first team but it's also you know june you know um you know i guarantee you get that kid the playbook you get him some reps um you know if not week one or two it's going to be you know early in the season where he ends up being the starter because um, there's a lot of talent at linebacker position but at the eagles now it's just you know, I think Nagobi Dean's going to be the starter eventually, and he's going to be calling the. He's going to be the one running the defense. You know, but at least by the end of the season, um, that's how I feel about him. And so, and I think gamblers like that bet. I mean, they at least liked it at plus two thousand and every inch of the way up till it got to plus twelve hundred, and now the betting has slowed off. But um, you know, when you know when a line jumps from plus two thousand to plus twelve hundred. That's a significant jump, and that you know that shows that the odds were so good that people just couldn't stay away from the bet, you know. So yeah, I dig it. And obviously, you're gonna keep me in the loop on it, and you're gonna hold me to eventually making a bet. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm yeah. not too late yet. And I have online options, and I live near a casino. If I want to do it in person too, I <laughs> you know. And I I told you I had a question for you too that oh, I wanted yes, to discuss yes. on the show and get you on air to say so you know you know we talked about what we were going to do for the show and I was like well we could do questions you know hypotheticals which is likely more likely to happen and mine for Dan was what do you think is more likely going to happen do you think Trey Lance is going to lead us to a playoff win or be axed as the starter by week 12 Ooh, I, with presumably Nate Sudfeld as the backup, I, I, there's two, there's two minutes, he's got to tank so hard, I don't believe he's going to tank hard enough that we don't write it out. I, I think it's, I think it's more likely that we're going to win a playoff game. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could pretty confidently say that I think we're going to win a playoff game um, more so than Trey's going to get benched. I, I don't I don't foresee 
I don't, I, I, with the little sampling we got of him and all the focus we're putting in on getting him ready and no indication at all that like he's, there's that rumor that he was like getting like arm fatigue and a coach shot that down. I mean, maybe call me the optimist, but like, I, I no, I, are we going to land somewhere in the middle? Yeah. Life's full of middles and gray areas and things like that. I, I would like, I mean, I'll be happy if we get to the playoffs. Obviously I want that, but no, I, I'm, I want to keep re- reasonable expectations like when we did our schedule show. And if we I, if we win a playoff game, I mean, my God. But strictly here, what's more likely? Are we going to get to the the? Are we going to get a playoff winner, or is he going to get benched? No, I I would never never bet that he's going to get benched over that. Okay, so most likely, according to Dan, Trey Lance is going to lead us to a playoff win. Um, also, I'd like to shout out to I'd like to give a shout out to AJ Brown for being uh, a comedian, a pretty good one. I don't know if you saw the tweet, Dan, um, or the series of tweets um, that came out of um, Eagles Camp. Not the not the series of tweets. You did send me the one reply that he that he wrote, and that was yeah. that was freaking hilarious. Yes. So he's you know he's he's probably our most likable receiver since Deshaun Jackson. Um, because what happened, guys, if you're not familiar with Eagles Twitter, uh, a report came out uh, via Twitter by a journalist that said, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts in uh, practice that day had three interceptions, four incompletions, and another was sacked three times on seven-on-seven drills when there's no rush or anything like that. And... AJ AJ Brown sort of crushed it down by saying, no, what really happened was Jalen Hurts threw three touchdowns to me. Donovan and T.O. fought for the other four plays, and Vince Papali came out of retirement to catch the other three receptions. And, you know, I I haven't seen AJ Brown, you know, uh, you know, play a single down um you know, for the Eagles, but that alone puts them in, like, you know, my top, you know, three list of Eagles receivers that I've had, that I've watched during the team, you know, that I've watched while watching football. Just that comment, because, you know, so anyway, for what it's worth, thank you, A.J. Brown, for being an Eagle and sticking up for your quarterback. So I, I can always appreciate a player, well, one that's got a great attitude and a great sense of humor like that. Like, that's begrudgingly like I've somewhat enjoyed Tom Brady's social media game a little bit as much as I hate saying it but um him aside I will never I I I I'm over I'm like over it because it was just a season game but like god dude go back and watch when we went to Tennessee I think we went to Tennessee but the last time we played Tennessee and AJ Brown single handedly beat us we couldn't cover him for anything. This is before we finally benched Josh Norman because he's washed up, and I I have no shame in saying that. A.J. Brown was the reason we lost that game. He's so with, – within an – we our, our secondary was just not up to par. We, we just – they had an off night. We were not up to par. A.J. just came back from IR, and he was jazzed up to get back on the field again. He smoked us. It was so – embarrassing trying to cover him and he was the reason we lost that game so i kudos to you you got you're getting a really really (laughs) you're getting a receiver that plays as 
plays pretty good. So <laughs> well, any, any know, trash, any trash talks is good too. So, <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, it, the, you know, it's just, it's just a breath of fresh air at the, you know, receiver position because, you know, like, you know, you could argue like, you know, what we've had in the last 20 years, you know, we had T.O. for one year. We had Deshaun Jackson from 2008 to 2013 or 14. And, you know, like now we have A.J. Brown. Like, yeah, we haven't really had like this, you know, really big wide receiver, this, you know, number one, true number one wide receiver, you know, at the position. You know, we had Alshon Jeffrey and Alshon Jeffrey in 2017 had and even in, you know, 2018 had a pretty decent season. But, you know, he he wasn't this, he didn't have this personality, you know. And, you know, the only two receivers that had this type of personality within the last 20 years on the Eagles is T.O. and Deshaun Jackson, you know. Um, and you go back to even when I first started watching them, you know, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, you know, when I first started watching them, like we had Fred Barnett and Calvin Williams, like they were decent wide receivers, but they were nowhere near as personable as AJ Brown, you know. And so, you know, I just, you know, even though AJ Brown hasn't played a down for the Eagles yet, I'm just very excited for, you know, not only to watch him play on Sundays, but also, like you said, his Twitter game seems to be. Uh, pretty decent so (laughs) i'm interested to see what comes out even what he tweets even more when the media you know and you know if he gets you know how how deep it gets with the media but he also doesn't seem to like you know um go hard at anybody but he just makes light of it and um you know it he's just he seems like the guy that we needed at you know receiver so dude one 100 um I agree. They <laughs> the only the only last thing I want to say uh, before we wrap it up because we are getting pretty close to that time. Um, we are aware of the Baker Mayfield trade. Uh, we just are primarily a Forty Nineers podcast, so that's why we're bringing it up now, or at least I'm bringing it up now. Uh, I've said on Mike here before, um, probably at great length, uh, <laughs> how much I think Baker Mayfield got shafted by the Browns. I, I feel terrible for him. Nobody gave him any sort of credit or benefit of the doubt that playing with a torn labrum is a debilitating injury that completely destroys your throwing mechanics. So no wonder, on top of, you could argue, reckless tendencies, and I'm trying to play both sides, but I obviously he was only going to play so well. And then Cleveland was just like, yeah, whatever, we... They were just trying to find an excuse to get rid of him. And well, I, he and but like the 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 point I'm not trying to make a I hope he whips I hope he whips the Browns so bad. I hope it's Jacoby Percet versus him. I hope that he's jazzed up and he could play like crap the rest of the year. I just for the sake of the storyline and the the catharsis he's gonna get out of it. And how badly I feel that he got treated by Cleveland. I hope he kicks the living crap out of Cleveland when Carolina plays Cleveland in week one. 
Yeah, see, I'm going to do an internet search for NFL 2022 schedule. So let's look at week one. Those are the preseason. I can't remember if it's in Carolina or Cleveland, but I know that's the matchup in week one. Preseason, preseason, week two of four. Let's look. I know it's the first game of the season, but I want to see what else is the first game of the season. Week one of 18, we have Bills, Rams, Eagles, Lions, 49ers, Bears, Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Panthers, Colts, Texans. Isn't the... Ravens, Ravens, Jets, Saints, Falcons, Jaguars, and Commanders, Packers, Vikings, Giants, Titans, Raiders, Chargers, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Chiefs, Cardinals, and Bucks, Broncos. Cowboys is the Bucks Cowboys is like the kickoff game, isn't it? Yeah, that's September. Well, no, or no, the the Rams would be the kickoff game. Who are the Rams? Rams is Rams is the kickoff games against the Bills. But let's just that's, see. That's it. So, like, if we're just talking, let me see when that. Let me see when that Panthers game is on. So the Panthers Browns game is on one o'clock. On September 11th, which is that Sunday, you look yeah, at that was the not other... going to be a that was not going to be a primetime game. <laughs> well, it wasn't going to be a primetime game at the beginning of the season, but you could argue, you know, who do we have at one o'clock? We have Eagles, Lions. Our our have... game's at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, 49ers, Bears, Bengals, Steelers, Dolphins, Patriots, Browns, Panthers, Colts and Texans, Saints and Falcons, Ravens and Jets. Uh, and Jaguars and Commanders, I mean, I don't think you can make an argument for any of those other games as being as one of the, what should be one of the most watched games of the one o'clock games in week one. Like, I, if, I don't know how the regional things are going to work for week one, but if they're worried about, like, numbers, like, if they're going to supersede regional coverage with like what's going to get numbers a hundred percent this game is going to this game is going to get more buzz than any non-primetime game like strictly I, the one o'clock games this is definitely going to be the most buzzworthy and i guarantee anybody with sunday ticket who at who who is a giants titans Ragings, raiders chargers bills rams chiefs cardinals buccaneers cowboys or broncos seahawks fan is going to be if they're if they got Sunday ticket, they're watching that one o'clock game between the Panthers and the Browns. Oh, if I like, didn't if I didn't work on Sundays, I'd try to figure out a way to make sure I had that picture in picture with the Bears and the Niners. <laughs> exactly, like you know, you like it's it's just too much drama, too much there. It's it's arguably if your team if you have Sunday ticket and your team is not playing at one o'clock. You know, you're you're going to be watching, you know, Cleveland versus the, you know, Carolina. And, you know, like as much like I think where am I? I mean, my Eagles are playing, so I'm not going to I'm not going to be watching it. They're playing the Lions. You're, you're going to be watching 49ers Bears. But you don't. Right. I'll be I'll be at work, unfortunately, unless I take kickoff day off. But I mean, I might. I don't know. I, I kind of want to. <laughs> I mean, you know, I definitely want to watch it, you know, or at least follow it as it's happening because, you know, that's arguably the most, that's the one o'clock game with the most drama of that week, you know. And so, 
everybody's, you know, everybody who can watch it, you know, whose teams are not playing at one o'clock will probably be watching it one way or the other. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, I just wanted to throw my support and the Niner Nuts support behind Baker Mayfield. Cleveland, yes. is, it's just another reason to hate Cleveland even more this year. So Yeah, I mean, the Cle- the whole Cleveland thing, it's a mess. You know, I used to, when you know, I was, when they first started, when they first started with Paul D. Podesto, the Paul D. Podesto hire, I thought was a great hire for the Browns. And, you know, I when they drafted Baker Mayfield and got to the high point of being the Steelers in a playoff game, on a road playoff game, it looked like the Browns were going to ascend um, into, you know, apparently was, was going to be a good, you know, four or five year run. Um, then this season happened, Baker was injured, and the Browns were, it leaked that the Browns wanted a, a grown-up at quarterback, which I think we can agree that Sean Watson doesn't seem to be a grown-up at quarterback, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's fair to say. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it easily presents the drama that, you know, that the the Browns-Panthers game is is going to be the most watch one o'clock game probably of of the ticket that week i dude i can't wait like i i may take kickoff i may take i think i took kickoff sunday last year off i'm trying not to say more about my work than that but i think because <laughs> I, I know i took uh the conference games were late enough um no i i definitely skipped work for football i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i mean kickoff, I, the, kickoff I, sunday I, will probably be one of them I always schedule the Monday off, 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 you know, after the Super Bowl off, you know. Super Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. I mean, because, you know, you know, Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday in my house. Like, you know, we we go all out. We we bust out food, even if it's just me and the wife, you know. Yeah. We, we you know, we go out all with cooking, you know, we get shrimp, you know. We just go all decadent, you know, make jello shots, even though it's just her and I, you know. We have fun. Right. And, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, you know, that's, you know, that's the holiday that, you know, isn't nationally recognized, but everybody knows it's a holiday, you know, like, because everybody knows where they're going to be, you know, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. And that's going to be either at a bar, at a friend's house or somewhere watching. Or you're hosting game. the party. Yeah. You know, or you're hosting the party. Pretty much everybody in America is watching that game. And even if you're not watching that game, you're somewhere where the game is on and being watched, you know. Exactly. Um, But anyway, we're getting close to that time. Uh, We've gone through the list. We've talked a little about news, a little bit about gambling world. We we obviously very much appreciate you all listening to us. James. Let everybody know where they can uh, provide feedback. Know a little bit more about us. Yeah, about us. Let them know. Okay, so number one, guys, we are. If you want to support us uh, financially and get instant access to uh, our program, you can go to patreoncom nuts. We have four tiers for you to subscribe to us for. Uh, some of the tiers, all the tiers, come with instant access. Uh, some of the tiers come with guest appearances and 49 and Niner Nuts gear, such as T-shirts and coffee mugs. 
Uh, you know, so if you want to be on the show, you want to be a part of our show, you like us and you want some of our gear, or you just want instant access, instant access comes as little as five dollars uh, a month. We record on Monday. You'll get you'll get you'll get it as soon as it comes out on Monday before, and we release on Wednesday. So you'll get it before it releases on Wednesday. So just if you want to support us financially. Um, just do that. You can do that at patreon.com backslash Niner Nuts. And as always, you can reach to us uh, on Twitter at Niner Nuts. We have DMs. Uh, you can interact with us there, ask us questions. Um, so thank you to Twitter Nation and Faithful to the Bay Nation for helping us get over to over a thousand Twitter followers. That's great, guys. Um, so yes, thank you. Thank you, Twitter followers. followers. That's a amazing milestone now let's go get that check mark <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and so thank you for getting us over a thousand uh, uh followers on twitter once again you can reach us on at niner nuts on twitter and interact with us there uh if you uh want to uh do something that's more than what is it 200 280 characters on twitter uh you can reach to us at uh, our email address, which is 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. You can give your reviews. You can ask questions. Tell us how you like the show. If you leave a five-star rating on one of the platforms where you can't write one or you do write one and you know notice it hasn't gotten recognized, just email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com, 49ernuts at gmail.com. Write a review. Give us a five-star rating. We will read every five-star review on the air. Uh, also, uh, if you're looking to donate to charity and get some of our gear as well, currently we have a number of items that are available on bonfire.com backslash niner-nuts. Uh, you can find our gear there. If you're having trouble getting to it and finding it, just do a Google search of Niner Nuts on Google and scroll down. You'll see our merchandise on bonfire.com. It's it's right there in the search engine. You'll be able to see it, be able to click on it. We have Vote Dan Daniel Snyder out uh, t-shirts. Uh, we have we have our uh, basically the name Niner Nuts with uh, a back uh, a black logo. Uh, with just the field goal and stuff that you can get on a t-shirt or you can get a fish our official logo art uh, on a t-shirt and all of the proceeds currently right now go to uh, human trafficking recovery centers in the Washington DC area in support of them um, due to Daniel Snyder still being the owner of the Washington commanders okay um, and I think that's all that I have. Dan, did you have anything else? Uh, the last thought I have for this week, uh, he came out on Twitter. He said it's for real this time. He's not going to answer Brady's call. I think it's pretty certain, it feels certain this time, that Rob Gronkowski is retiring. I hated playing against him. I hated that he was in the evil empire, but his stats, his stats are his stats. He deserves consideration for the Hall of Fame, and I hope he has a wonderful retirement. Yeah, Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski is a um, 
definitely a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever play at the tight end position. Um, you could argue that he's one of the top 10 tight ends of all time. Um, you know, so uh, with that note, uh, we'd like to thank Daniel Mayer at Mayer Creative for our logo and outro music River Road by Justin Muth. See you all next time. Later. You got me running way back home, River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song, River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.